Bradaloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 491, November 3rd, 2020, Election Day. 74 degrees on this day in two occasions, 1978 and 2008. And back in the Halloween blizzard year of 1991, it was 8 degrees on this day. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Man, I could have easily accommodated my insistence that I would vote in person on voting day. Mm-hmm. I, I went to my polling place this morning at 9 just to wait, drive by and look. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, I'm a reporter by nature. <laughs> what? There was a sprinkling of cars in the parking lot, no line outside. I could have easily voted in person. Beautiful a, my getting better. day. Uh, B, I wouldn't have had to hang out on a bum leg. And then I went by again at 11 o'clock, and it was just as sparse. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting that from a number of emailers who are having uh, absolutely no problem Voting in person. Carl Bear writes, I voted this morning in Northfield at 9.30 a.m. No lines. In fact, the election workers outnumbered the voters 9 to 3. Peaceful so far in our little town where the Marxists outnumber the normal Americans 2 to 1. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we are in for several weeks, if not months, of uncertainty about the outcome of today's election. The Democrats will keep counting and recounting until they come up with the votes to win. Then the courts will ultimately be required uh, to decide who the winner is. Thank God for Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, but Carl, you don't know how she's going to vote. She's not an automatic. Uh, she's not an automatic acquiescer. So are you going to gonna swing by for a third time? Maybe yes, after I the show. Yes, I absolutely will. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely will. Such, I, I pulled into the parking lot at about nine oh five and pulled out at nine twenty, and it was exactly the same uh, as what you reported. Your place was this morning. A few cars in the lot. No line. And uh, maybe five people in there voting inside a gymnasium. I was very antsy and got up at 6.30 and was going to go at 7. It's right outside my backyard. Uh, there was a line out the door, so I thought I'll wait. I waited 45 minutes. No line out the door. Voted then. There was probably 30 people inside, but it took 11 minutes from getting in line until I put my ballot well, into this, the Well, this does lend great validity to the extraordinary number of people who have voted early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matthew also was in contact with all of us this morning. Looks like he had a bit of a line. No, in, uh, I, I analyzed that photo. He didn't have a line at all. I mean, he was in a line, but it was about 10 people. One, I think that's what the message two, he was trying to three, send us four, is. This is this is my polling six. place this morning, and he meant it's going swimmingly. Well, and there's social going distancing, an too. And there's social it's distancing. In an alley. Uh, he gave us a stat, though, Joe. Uh, he was 442 of 3,380 with 1,000 early votes already in. I would just like to uh, make the announcement that I haven't voted yet. I will do so after the show, and my vote's for sale. So if you... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to continue living at home, you have to vote for Biden. <laughs> Jeannie Vogel writes, she's ready to vote mayor, and she's uh, pictured in her pushback shirt. Nice. I wonder if she'd be given some grief at the polls for wearing a pushback shirt. 
Ooh, Let me ask point. you something. For some reason, and I can't explain it other than I'm very troubled, those I Voter stickers have always angered me. Uh, and I don't mean just bothered me. They make me angry. Well, I don't know but, if they make me angry. I certainly have never worn one. Okay, that was my question. Yeah. Johnny, what about you? I've worn them. I, it's been a few elections, though, because I kind of have the same reaction now that you do. It's I just a like, look mm. at me. I'm so important. Reavers, you put it on your private part. I know that. Right. <laughs> and, of course, Rookie always wears his because anything that makes me mad, right. he will do. Absolutely. Right. right. Okay. I have a question about the early voting. Uh, it was reported just you a You know few... what you ought to do? You ought to turn that off. On it's election all you day? Do is keep looking at it. You well, know I, what? I just monitored you in case what? something breaks. Such, huh? I'm watching it too, and I'm turning it off right now. Thank You're you, absolutely Kenny. right. Well, it's I have a question about this yeah. because it was reported just a while ago that a hundred and just shy of a hundred and two million people in this country have already voted. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. What's the population of our country? Three hundred twenty-eight. Three twenty-eight. So what? Half. Yeah. Are of, of have voting age. I have some figures in my newscast that deals with that, so maybe okay, that'll maybe help. I'll wait Clear then. your mind just a little bit, All right, Chris. maybe I'll wait. Is John yeah. Lester your new hero, Kelsey wants to know? I love John Lester. <laughs> I don't. He can't throw to first yeah, base. Yeah, you do hate him for that. <laughs> he bought the Cubs fan. He spent forty-seven grand on Miller Lights for, sh- for, the, for Cubs fans. Yes. That's pretty cool. Is he having it delivered to their house, or how does this work? I don't know what. I just saw the headline. I don't know how it's being, uh, you know, distributed. I have no idea. But it is great, and he's just a. You know what he is? He's a guy. Why didn't no, he, he do isn't. it? He can't throw to first. Well, besides that, <laughs> no, that that disqualifies him. He's a he's a panda. What was your what was your fine? Two hundred fifty million dollars. Two hundred fifty thousand for adjusting your batting glove. That's right. I find him five hundred grand every time he can't throw to first. Got it. What did I miss? Why did he buy the beer? Yeah, why, Chris? He was uh, his option for the next season was declined, making him a free agent. Yeah. I I think he'll help me, John. I think he'll end up. Probably coming back on a lower salary because he loves playing for the Cubs. Yeah, I, I think so. Was that helpful? Yeah, thanks, John. <laughs> yeah, appreciate, yeah. appreciate you. <laughs> when, when was the downing of the uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, as Terry Train used to say, of the Edmund Fitzgerald? <laughs> now she's oh, going to email 1975? us. Seventy-five. Yeah, that was a warm. That was a warm November spate of weather something. there too. It's about November 9th, wasn't it? November 9th or tenth. Joe, I don't know when it sank in. <laughs> August 7th. Wait, but no, Mishki no, interviewed a guy while singing. Uh, Edmund uh, thank you, Tommy, for that bit forever. <laughs> just, I just love him. <laughs> uh, I think it's fascinating uh, to uh, understand that just as important as the presidential race are the local uh, House and Senate races in Minnesota. Boy, I'll say, uh, as spelled out in uh, today's Star Tribune for one, yeah. one of the papers. Democrats uh, have complete control of uh, 19 legislatures across the country, while Republicans control 29. Control of state legislators is important, especially in state legislatures is important, especially in a census year, because they draw the congressional districts for the next decade in many states, which ultimately affects the outcome of future elections. Uh, in Minnesota, all 201 congressional seat, uh, led, uh, House seats are up uh, for grab. Republicans control the Senate by three seats. The DFL has a 16-seat majority in the House. Both parties want to gain control of both chambers. The next legislature will tackle key issues, including the 
budget deficit, redistricting, redistrict, redistricting, and the state's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. On the federal level, even if uh, Biden wins, he may struggle to pass major legislation in Washington unless Democrats also control the U.S. Senate. Democrats are likely to lose the Senate seat they hold in Alabama. So it's very crucial in Minnesota that the Republicans need to hold at least one chamber. Right. Or, we're, you know, mm-hmm. or you, because, you know, you got the likes of John Thompson coming in, that lunatic uh, coming in for a House seat in, in 67, District 67 in, on the east side of St. Paul. I'm afraid our man Joe, uh, John Strominger is not going to triumph in that race. You don't think so. So you got this lunatic uh, Thompson who will get elected just because he's got DFL signs. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just crucial. If the if the Democrats have all three chambers in Minnesota, that's going to be quite an interesting ride. Uh, it was November tenth, nineteen seventy five. Nineteen seventy five. Welcome, Mister Gumbinger, to our talk show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us. Is this Jordan or Joe? This has interested me for many a year. Please, that at last we oh. can discuss this. How you doing, Joe? I'm, I'm, it's not me, sir. Why do you think it was me? I don't know. Greatest bit in the history oh, of radio. Really <laughs> Although I think he, always, he credits the guy too. He said the guy played along so well, right? That you know it was just perfect. The Although, guy had been doing interviews all day and was sick and tired of it, and thought this was fun. Personally, though, that's second in my Mishki handbook to the time that he called into his own radio show. <laughs> that was my personal favorite uh, Mishki moment. Do you think if uh, <laughs> Do you think if Biden wins? And the Democrats captured the Senate. Uh, do you think that gives a chance for what we used to know as the Republican Party to step back, take a look at themselves, and try to reform themselves to get back to the basics of what they once stood for, which was fiduciary responsibility, most chiefly? Uh, do, you, do you think it gives them, or will the country slide away into? Uh, uh, an irretrievable uh, location where it will be impossible for even a reformed and appealing Republican Party yeah. to win back B. anything. B. I pick B. 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 Where are you, I Jan? Re- uh, I did read a piece this morning. I thought I would think it would make the Republican Party move back toward its basics. It has but to. I read a. I, well, I read a piece oh. this morning that argued the opposite, oh. that it would cause them to become even uh, more, uh, how, how shall we say this, uh, conservative to the point of social issues where they just throw more people out that they shouldn't. I don't know why that would happen, though. That doesn't make any sense. I think your question, um, in order to answer that, we have to look at what happened to the Democratic Party when Hillary lost. What did they do? They've uh, gone way, 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 way further left way so left, much yeah. that, yeah, that they're alienating a lot of what used to be called liberals are now are now almost moderate conservatives. But I mean, what what is our hope in this country uh, to be governed responsibly, fiscally responsibly, smaller government, uh, lower taxes? What 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 is our hope to? If, in fact, this country was ever there, and it was, I think, during Reagan, I think it was there during JFK, who would be a staunch Republican by today's standards. What, what is our hope of, of getting back to that? I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm very pessimistic about that. Although there is a theory that people vote for Biden in the hopes that that will open people's eyes once they see 
what the left will do with Biden, who's going to be putty in their hands. And you got Bernie Sanders hectoring the likes of the squad to make sure they transform him more to the left. And we don't know if he's going to be amenable to that or not. But th- there is a theory that that's going to open people's eyes. OK, you didn't pay attention. You didn't believe you didn't believe the likes of Ilhan and and uh, Rashid Tlaib are going to want to fundamentally transform the country and bring you the Green New Deal and and uh, open up the borders and, and whatnot. I, I'm just wondering if that will alert enough people to uh, realize we have to have a counterbalance to this. Well, let's take it to to our level here in the state of Minnesota. If people's eyes weren't open by what happened the weeks following George Floyd's death, by the way that this state was handled by Governor Walls and Tim Fry, or Mayor Fry, what are they going to have their eyes open to? I don't know. Uh, Yet I see the signs all over, Chris. I am surrounded by Ilhan Omar signs down here surrounded and what has she done for that district she's done great work for herself great promotional work for herself and her husband's business and her husband's business but she's done nothing for the fifth congressional district that i'm aware of nothing nothing um i think a lot of the attitude with the hillary versus trump election was nobody um, a lot of people on the republican side didn't want either one but they were relieved when Trump won. And I think now those same people that didn't want either one and were sort of relieved when Trump won are absolutely on, I mean, full on for President Trump and not only going to vote for him, but they've been campaigning for him. That's what I've been seeing. People that were ambivalent about Trump are now so far right and pro-Trump Except for John, I'm looking at John. He's smiling at me. John, you 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 talk, John. Here's well. Here's what I when we talk about the party, the Republican Party, and you know, no, there's a lot of GLers who go, yeah, sure, height. Uh, I you know, I voted Republican basically for 20 years. Um, the par- I thought the party, the people in charge, the uh, uh, the Marco Rubios, the whatevers, whatevers, would fight back a bit at Trump. Nobody did. Mm. Nobody did. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I'm wondering. Where does the party go from here if Trump loses? What what happens? It's hard to put any Where faith is the in the party? Yeah, well, here, here, exactly. here, here's today's lecture. Here's today's GL lecture. We hear uh, a great deal about the peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. And whether Trump, if he loses, will peacefully acquiesce. Uh, whether Biden, if he loses, will peacefully acquiesce. What about us? What about the people of the United States? Mm-hmm. It is up to us. To peacefully accept the outcome. And what's happened is the division has become so great that you've got people in this country who believe it is their right to destroy other people's property if they don't win. So we are not demonstrating to us or the world or anyone that we are capable of accepting with graciousness whatever happens. I personally intend to. Whoever Mm -hmm. wins, they win. Right. Uh, Because I don't let... Even though that's uh, politics has become a great uh, point of emphasis on the on the Garage Logic podcast today, number four hundred ninety one. I don't let politics consume my daily life. Right. I, I want to lead my life and uh, get by the best I can, and not be obsessed with whoever is holding the presidency. It's up to the American people to. To not only endorse, but to demonstrate 
their acceptance of whoever wins this without I taking think, to the streets. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that used to be a universal value, right? And I think it's now become a conservative value, or mostly, well, for sure, a partisan value. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Uh, you know your analogy about uh, global warming, climate, the climate change crowd, and how that has in some way become theology to those people? Yes. I think politics has also gone down that path. I think so, too. Because yeah. uh, the, it's replaced that group sense of, I belong to mm-hmm. this particular facet of politics. How come, explain this, Such, how come in my mind right now, that if tomorrow at this time we we know that Trump is the victor, how come I know that there's going to be rioting and violence and buildings burning? But I also know that if Biden wins, there will not be rioting, there will not be buildings burning, there will not be protests. See, I don't agree with that. Why? Why? I, yeah, what I is it either. about? What you don't agree, John? I don't agree at all. How come we've seen in the last five days videos of Trump parades? stopping highways there's a video out right now rex chapman posted this morning of a woman who had a blm sticker surrounded got surrounded by trump people who one of them called her a racial slur b-word really and 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 everyone wanted to fight her even the men the men were challenging her to fights all in trump 2020 shirts see in garage logic in garage logic we'll be hanging out at the knack tonight I'll say. And and tomorrow night. And night. <laughs> but the people in Garage Logic are not divisive. The people in Garage Logic are going to be accepting. Well, I get a lot of emails that would suggest to me we have listeners who won't be accepting if Trump doesn't win. But for yeah. the most part, I would say the residents of Gumption County are willing to cling to the America we understand. And that which defined us, chief among them, which has defined us over the course of centuries, has been... Okay, I lost. You're up. Yep. That's it was yeah, that simple yeah. with me yeah. all my yeah. life. I, I I've joked that I've when it comes particularly to local uh, races, state races, I've I've never won. <laughs> I've never won. I right. live in urban America. I've never won. Well, if I lived on the east side tonight, uh, I I wouldn't win because my vote would be for Strominger. Sure. And if I lived in the fifth congressional district, my vote would be for Lacey Johnson. If I was in the third, I'd be voting for Kendall Qualls, who I believe does have a chance. I do, too. I believe he has a chance. I don't know about poor Lacey. I don't think he has a prayer. I don't either, and it's a shame because he'd be a perfect candidate. But again, if I lived in the 5th Congressional District and and Omar gets sent back to Congress, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Because uh, how much do our... Well, that's probably a stupid. I, I'll ask it anyway, just to get it out. How much do I, how much do our lives actually change that much? I remember being pretty disappointed when Obama won and thinking, "Oh boy, this country's really going to take a nosedive." Eh, survived it just fine. I personally had some great years under the Obama administration. Yeah. As Great years. I, I, I made some money. Not as much as Bush, but you know, yeah, I did well, okay. Well, remind me, because I wasn't paying attention to politics back in Jeez, 2000. No, back in 2000. I was in college <laughs> well, you for were crying 12. out loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when, when we had the hanging chad, I mean, we were hung up for what, months because of that? Or was it just weeks? All weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But hanging chads is going to look like the work of saints compared to yeah. the lawsuits we might be facing now. 
Because it's going to be endless. Because, see, I, I'm putting the weight on the American people to be accepting. And we're going to have to be bigger than the two parties. Because the parties mm-hmm. are not going to be accepting. We have to be. I want to be. I want us to be. And yet the parties will not be accepting but, this outcome. But the vast majority of people, I think, Joe, will be accepting. It's just going to be the minority that decides to go light up 6th Street you know, tonight or whatever. That's the, the I don't see that happening. I'm I'm I going to right. I'm going to remain optimistic that that's not going to happen. I A, you're not going to know who won, and B, we after the initial George Floyd uh, uprising, uh, the Twin Cities had a reasonably peaceful summer. No, no, you don't think so? Yeah, no. Uh, well, oh, well, how about this? Peaceful uh, compared. We don't know that. Peaceful compared to Portland, <laughs> let's say. Last night, I was hearing both fireworks and gunshots um, at seven o'clock. No, no, excuse me, six o'clock. Wait six o'clock. Peaceful yeah. compared to Portland. Yeah, yeah. That's like saying you're taller than yeah. sleepy, dopey, and bashful. I mean, the dwarfs. Come on. Well, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you no. don't like that analogy. I just. It's been a. It's been our most violent summer ever. It's got to be the most violent summer on record. Yeah, Joe. We have almost seventy-five homicides. But that isn't the result of humanity taking to the streets. That's a result of individual criminal behavior. No, it's the direct result of what happened after George Floyd and the loss of the Minneapolis Police Department. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're down so many officers yep. and that they're just brazenly running wild right now. I mean, they're getting in police chases and posting it, live streaming it on social as the police chase is happening. We mm-hmm. have a city That's council how bold they are. and a mayor that has emboldened the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Which is why, if you go back to this purported memo from Take Action Minnesota calling for mass mobilization, uh, you have a paragraph that I interpreted as, we anticipate having the support of the DFL. Meaning, right. meaning Ooh. we anticipate having the support, uh, the support of the DFL if we decide to misbehave. Yep, because you had that's, it before. Uh, now, no, Walls, yeah. Walls has said that the National Guard is on call, ready to be deployed okay. if need be. I just don't see it, man. I don't see it happening. Do you, John, tonight? I, I don't. I, you know, I think there could be sure some little bits of things here and there, but I, no, I don't think it's going to be like it was after the George Floyd thing at all. There's no reason. Are you talking a Trump victory? Either or, yeah, either or. There's going to be scattered spots, I think, of mayhem, for lack of a better word. But well, it's not going to be out with the rocks and cows where I am. It's going to be here in in, (laughs) you know the tallest buildings. Sure. Well, all across the country, the closer you get to the tallest buildings, the businesses are boarding up. Yeah, boy, are they ever! And again, who do they fear? Who do the businesses fear? Right-wing militia people or, or uh, left-wing? Whatever fits their narrative. Whatever fits whose narrative? Whatever side is speaking into the microphone. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're getting it for, like, watching the news this morning. There's businesses that look like, you know, I'm assuming that she's a Democrat or a liberal. She's all boarded up, you know. And is this I'm the owner of a shoe store in Uptown? <laughs> okay, you saw it. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about it. Well, she's you the owner of a shoe store in Uptown, and uh, I I understood her to uh, Jamie somebody. I understood her to be merely uh, acting out of caution because she's tired of replacing glass windows. Yeah, I don't know if she's a 
liberal or a Democrat or a liberal or a conservative. I have no idea. Okay. All right. But I, I have sympathy for her. She's, a, she's, yeah. she's trying to make a living selling shoes. Because, yeah, because both Democrats and conservative uh, Republicans up and down Lake Street and all over, they all own businesses. And you're right. They all have the same fear. Plus, yep. they all wear shoes. So there. <laughs> she wants to, well, you, it works like this. Okay. You have a store mm-hmm. that sells shoe. And uh-huh. you'll sell shoe to anybody. You'll sell a shoe to a Republican. Yeah. She's gonna if you if you walked in her store, do you think she's gonna say who did you vote for? Because that's who you I'll know why? That's how I'll decide you know. if I'm gonna sell you a shoe. You know why, Joe? They sell to both parties because they have left shoes. And, and right shoes. Right shoes. But you'd right. only need the left because you got the boot. I'm done with the boot. Oh, you're done with the boots. I'm you would need the both boot. shoes then. I would need both shoes. Okay. But and I think it's a go, woman's shoe store that uh, she has. Oh, yeah. you could go, I got new shoes. Yeah, I got they're new non-partis- shoes. They're nonpartisan shoes. <laughs> I told you guys my favorite new shoe story when we had to do the golf uh, show years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I had new shoes on. Yep. Yeah. And, and I walked out to the streets. I think Rook picked me up. <laughs> and, and I slipped on the ice and went down on my back. Uh, oh, oh. And a lady had just arrived to, to visit the across the street neighbor and she got out of her car and looked at me uh-huh. and I just couldn't think of anything to say. So I said, I got new shoes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she just probably oh, nodded and went, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, got, yeah. Uh, new shoes. Hey, we've heard a lot about you. Is there a, yeah. is there a problem here? No, I, I just got new shoes. Did you get separated from the group? You'll, you'll be happy to know that's a catchphrase at my house now. Yeah, I, I got, got new, new shoes. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I got to call Tim Bloom. Uh, this would be a great week to call Tim Bloom at EcoFund Motorsports in Forest Lake. Boy, I'll say. Because he does, in fact, store scooters and bikes and electric bikes and a, and a, a certain number of motorcycles over the winter. And he charges the battery over the winter, and then he gets you get a spring tune-up in the deal. Nice. And that scooter brands run two hundred and twenty-nine bucks. That includes a full spring tune-up and battery maintenance. Electric bikes two hundred and nine dollars. That gets a spring tune-up and battery maintenance. Motorcycles one hundred and fifty bucks for storage and and uh, battery maintenance with additional cost for a spring tune-up. At twenty percent off normal labor rates, customers can drop off beginning November ten. And pick up at the end of March. We can also, here's the key for me, because <clears throat> I don't have a vehicle that could bring that scooter up there. We can also pick up and re-deliver to the Twin Cities for a small fee. This is at EcoFun Motorsports well, nice. in downtown Forest it, Lake. You could strap I, it to the roof. I am, definitely gonna take, <laughs> I am definitely going to take advantage of this because, uh, A, I'm going to get more room in the garage, and B, it needs a tune-up anyway. There you go. And so it's a Yamaha product, and Tim Bloom at EcoFun Motorsports handles Yamaha products. Right now there's a year-end sale on all scooters and electric bikes, lowest prices and best selection right now. Uh, new step-through 24-inch and 26-inch Bintelli e-bikes ready to go. Fat tire Bintelli bikes. Great for hunters and off-road off-road riders all year long. They can even add studded tires for those who love riding on the lakes all winter. You should have your head examined, but if you do that, they got studded tires. All remaining wild side old school looking electric bikes on year-end sale for $14.99. 
and all Yamaha electric bikes on year-end sale for the lowest prices of the year. Uh, 2021 Yamaha snowmobiles, I bet he has some left, but the ATVs went fast, but he'll get more at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. All right, full disclosure time, time to come uh, come clean. Reavers, you know how when I instruct you off the air about how to do the job, this is how you do radio. You do bum, 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 yep. And I explain to you in a loud manner how wrong you are. Last and 15 then I years go on, of my life, people. And then I go on the air, and five minutes later, I do all the mistakes that I just <laughs> yelled at you about. You know that? Yes. Well, yesterday... Um, I uh, I mocked you, Such, for not knowing initially what the American Institute of Non-Destructive Testing was when you first started talking about them back in the old radio days. Well, guess what, Joe? Hmm. Did you get it wrong yesterday? <laughs> I screwed up yesterday. <laughs> what a boy. <laughs> but thankfully, I didn't screw up about what they do. I got that right. They do the non-destructive, uh, the non-destructing testing. Can I add something here, Kenny, to <laughs> help you? Because yes. this is how please. well I understand it now. Okay. What what students of this institute are yeah. going to use technology and stuff to study stuff. the integrity of infrastructure. In other words, yes. they, they have yes. uh, X-ray type machines and sound machines yes. and yes. sonar and a depth Stress. finder, and it all right. replaces <laughs> what apparently was the old days was just your eyeballs and a sledgehammer. Right. Now, right. they've, they've perfected how you go to America's infrastructure and test its integrity with the highest tech and most modern equipment. There you go. There you go. You can and, thank me later. And they do it in a manner that doesn't affect the object or the material, so it's non-destructive. Here's where I screwed up. I asked, who does these tests? And then I answered my own question by saying, you do after attending a six-week training course. Well, dumb, dumb traffic idiot numbskull, it's six months. Ah. It's not six Oops. weeks. It's six months. Well, six that makes, hours and you're done. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Six minutes and you're out of here. <laughs> I don't want a guy checking out my airplane who's been in school for 60 minutes. <laughs> so, so after the six months is up, then you go up there to Baxter for three weeks in, in, in the facility. And that's when the companies start flying in from across the country because they're actually training, or excuse me, they're interviewing these people so they can hire them right out of school. And it's really cool. Now they offer student loans with no payments until 90 days after graduation for those that qualify. There's two things you have to remember. First of all, this is a cool new job. It's going to be the rest of your life. You'll love it. And then the website, trainingndt.com. That's trainingndt.com. And uh, sorry about yesterday, Such, and thank you for today. As voters rush to return absentee ballots, the U.S. Justice Department announced yesterday that federal officials are being sent to monitor for potential election law violations in Minneapolis as part of an 18-state election day operation. Minnesota U.S. Attorney Erica McDonald had previously said her office would appoint a prosecutor to take complaints of possible federal election law violations. A Justice Department spokesperson said Monday that the additional 13 monitors consist of a group of paralegals in the U.S. Attorney's 
Office, Civil Division in Minnesota. Another monitor is from the Justice Department's Disability Rights Section. They will visit multiple sites in Minneapolis, but will only be allowed to watch from outside of polling places. Then what can they accomplish? I, I don't I don't get this. I don't understand this. Obviously, they've been sent here by the Trump administration. Well, is it almost somewhat like when you have a security guard outside of a school? Just the, the the presence alone will make you feel safe. Is that the is that the motive here? What is to feel unsafe about? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to help answer your question. Again, I went to my polling place twice today. <laughs> There's nobody around. Maybe there will be when you go back again. I'm going again. Today. Yeah, I'm going to go again because I keep waiting to see something. I want to find out something. Yep. You know what bugs me, and again, mm. I. I uh, I know I'm not normal, but uh, the jovial, positive, I voted, and isn't this wonderful attitude that you get from your fellow voters when you're at the polling place? That just, uh, along with the I voted sticker, it just makes, just really riles me. That doesn't surprise me, Kenny. Here in his newsroom is John Height. Thank you, Joe. This update is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Before we get to news, off-air, we were talking about elections and some things about how they work. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, you asked if mm -hmm. you skip, say, one of those many judge things in the back, uh, will your vote still count? Yes. Uh, you can skip whatever you want. Oh. Uh, it's called undervoting. Hmm. So if you vote for president and that's it, they will still count your vote for the president uh, presidency. So well, yes. what is what is the point of have of voting for judges when there's only incumbents to vote for? What what's the point? Yeah. Well, like well, a good schoolboy, I fill those in. You do, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to have an election, yeah. Kenny. You can't just appoint him judge for life. I mean, well, unless well, that's the well, because you but, can write in somebody, Kenny. Sure, yeah. yeah. But and, big deal if I write my neighbor's name in. I'm the only one that's doing it. It it it's it's uh, okay, whatever. And then the uh, yesterday, I think Rook, I think I believe it was asked if you vote absentee or yes. early. Yeah. How do you, how do know? they know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In my house, I had somebody who voted early, uh, and you go online to check to see if your ballot's been accepted and if it will count. And that's, oh, right. So they have your name, etc. If you show up to vote on election day, you will not be able to vote on election day after they already have that ballot. So. Hopefully that answers those questions. Are you going to break down the electoral college uh, con <laughs> no. conversation we had off the air? I, I'm not. I did see a poll though after we talked about it. 61% of Americans are against the electoral because college. they don't understand what it means. It's right. one of the great geniuses of the founding fathers. It is fascinating, so, it is, and it, yeah. it seems like the resistance is coming from the left, and it seems to me like the resistance is solely due to the uh, due to Gore and Hillary. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's their only argument. Well, and it's because we didn't get our way. Well, the left wants the popular vote to count, but that doesn't take into consideration that that removes your representation if you live in, uh, you know, Blind Creek, South Carolina. You you have to have a proportionate representation of leadership. If you if you eliminate the electoral college, you are literally going to be governed by the coastal elites. Yeah, that's New it. York and L.A. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's actually blind crick, but crick, uh, blind crick, crick, blind crick. Yeah, it is election day. A huge turnout expected. Uh, now, Chris, you were talking about 101 million people. Now they say voted it's up early. to 102 uh, now, according to CNN. 
Okay, so they voted before today, 102 million people. Here's how this uh, stacks up. Uh, in 2016, there were only 139 million ballots total. So we're already wow. at one or two yeah, from the early voting. So we're mm. already um, at almost 75% of the total vote in 2016, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. So. Well, I think a lot of people were alienated by that by that election. And people, yeah, I, I, yeah. Like what I said earlier, I don't think people wanted either one. Uh, time out for fact-based reality. I'm having a sinking feeling. Reavers, uh, can you search something on Google? Yeah. Uh, did founding fathers invent electoral college? Oh, yeah, it was 1788 or something yeah. like that where, the Constitu- where it was amended in. Okay, so it's pretty early. But, yeah. She's been around anyway, a while. Reavers. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here in Minnesota, Secretary of State Steve Simon said Monday a record 1,839,710 absentee ballots have already been returned and accepted. That's about 62% of the total turnout from 2016. Another almost 298,000 requested absentee ballots remained outstanding. The office provided those figures late Monday after in-person voters finished up their balloting after waiting up to three hours at early voting sites that closed at 5 o'clock. Polls into the day seemed to give Democrat Joe Biden the nod for the presidency over incumbent Donald Trump. Uh, Polls sometimes, though, as uh, we found out four years ago, can be wrong. The Electoral College was created by the framers of the United States Constitution as an alternative to electing the president by popular vote or by Congress. Wonderful. There you go. Wonderful. Uh, President Trump and his re-election campaign are signaling they will pursue an aggressive legal strategy to try to prevent (laughs) Pennsylvania from counting mailed ballots that are received in the Three days after the election, it could find its way, of course, to the Supreme Court. The three-day extension was ordered by Pennsylvania's top court. The Supreme Court refused to block it. That is the U.S. Supreme Court. But several conservative justices have indicated they might revisit the issue after the election. Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookvar, a Democrat, already has told local election officials to keep the late-arriving ballots separate, but also to count them. Uh, President Trump said the high court's pre-election refusal to rule out the extension is a terrible decision. He also said last night that once the polls close on Tuesday, quote, we're going in with our lawyers. Mm-hmm. So according to infoplease.com, the United States demographic statistics are as follows. Uh, 18 years of age or older, we in this country, we have about 208 million people. All right. So 102 have already voted. All right. Uh, huh. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be a huge Thanks for turn. looking that up. Well, let's try to provide some information <laughs> for the show. <laughs> Several seats in Congress could be flipped Tuesday. 108 million, have, by the way, are female, um, 100 are male. I see. Thanks, yeah. thanks Chris. Mm. That could have, that could Any affect- of them from Forest Lake? <laughs> <laughs> Several seats in Congress could be flipped Tuesday, could affect the balance of power in both the state and federal levels. Minnesota, the only state in the nation right now with a split state legislature. Democrats have complete control of 19 legislatures across the country. Republicans control 29. Nebraska's is nonpartisan. Control of state legislators is important because, uh, especially in a sentence year, because a census year, excuse me, because they draw the congressional districts for the next decade in many states, and that ultimately affects the outcome of future elections. In Minnesota, all 201 seats are up for grabs. Republicans control the Senate by three seats. The DFL has 16 more seats in the House. Uh, those. Uh, 
Texas ballots that you guys talked about yesterday, uh, they will count. Mm -hmm. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal has denied a bid by Texas Republicans to block Election Day drive-through voting in Harrison County. In a tourist order, the three-judge panel wrote it's ordered the appellant's motion for injunctive relief to issue an injunction banning drive-through voting is denied. The move is yet another loss for Texas Republicans who had sought to challenge the legality of about 127,000 votes cast on drive-through voting sites in the Houston area. Joe, have you been uh, following and reading Twitter, following your timeline the last 24 hours? No, I don't lot. Royce like is completely neglecting his sports writer duties, and yeah. he is full-on 100% yeah. politics right yeah. now. Yeah. And he's and, doing some trolling, surprisingly. And <laughs> I got to say, it's a lot of fun, because I, the only reason he's doing it is trying to rile people up, and it's working. <laughs> people yeah. bite on the hook every time. Don't you understand what Royce he is right. doing to you he is fishing <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and uh-huh. he's, he's got his limit and then some <laughs> i uh, i got a short phone call from him this morning and he just said what's a bottle of tangarego for nowadays <laughs> i said oh well it depends pat uh, where you shop oh why is it i just need to know to keep it handy in case something happens tonight <laughs> The sobriety might be coming to oh, an end. <laughs> oh, we don't need drunk Royce. No, we, we do not. We do not oh, need no. drunk Royce. Here in the Twin Cities and across the country, businesses are preparing for some violence in case unrest breaks out after election results come in. Both Minneapolis and St. Paul police say they will have extra staff working on Election Day, and the Minnesota National Guard is also on standby. A lot of business owners say they're not taking any chances. A large amount of lumber dropped off in downtown Minneapolis, an area that has spent most of the summer boarded up after several riots. Business owners say their latest fear is more of the same damage as election results come in. Uh, that's the way actually it is right now in most larger cities in the U.S. Uh, by the way, Reavers, uh, tell Frat my price per sheet of plywood has gone <laughs> up. It's now $150 oh, per see? sheet of plywood. He should have acted yesterday. He would have got a much better deal. <laughs> At one point, one of Royce's tweets yesterday, Such, was so outrageous that I just responded with, Zinger! <laughs> <laughs> The Star Tribune reporting in the latest case of drivers behaving badly on Metro Road, several motorists blocked traffic Sunday night on a West Metro freeway, some doing burnouts by spinning their tires in place and others setting off fireworks. No crashes reported, no one was cited as troopers were unable to locate any of the vehicles involved. State Patrol spokesman Lieutenant Gordon Shank said, but the incident was under investigation. Uh, DOT traffic cameras captured the activities about 1035 on westbound 494 in the vicinity of South 12th Avenue in Richfield. The traffic blockade lasted just a couple of minutes. About the same time, the State Patrol received reports of lanes being blocked near Lindale Avenue, Shank said. It was not immediately clear how many drivers were involved. MnDOT posted uh, video posted to social media shows a pack of vehicles, flashers on, halted on the highway, and some drivers standing outside their vehicles. A few on the right shoulder appeared to be setting off fireworks. Shank said it's dangerous activity can result in crashes with injury or death. Vehicles traveling at freeway speeds are not expecting to come to a complete stop on the highway. Just last weekend, the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office and several other law enforcement agencies stopped more than 150 drivers as part of a crackdown on street racing in downtown Minneapolis and surrounding suburbs. Sheriff's Office said, to be clear, these are not joyriders. They're extremely dangerous and highly destructive. In early September, Minneapolis police opened fire hydrants and flooded some downtown streets to deter motorists who were drag racing.
What's hilarious is these clowns don't, they obviously don't realize they're on camera. They just have no idea, right? Yeah. I, what I isn't on camera these days? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. Top White House coronavirus advisor sounding alarms Monday about a new and deadly phase of the health crisis, pleading with top administrative officials for, quote, much more aggressive action. Even as the president continues to assure rally-goers the nation is rounding the turn on the pandemic, uh, this uh, comes from Deborah Burks. She's the one who, of course, used to appear at the uh, the meetings with the president or at the press conferences. She said it's not about lockdowns. It hasn't been about lockdowns since March or April. It's about an aggressive, balanced approach that is not being implemented. Burks's internal report shared with top White House and agency officials contradicts the president on a couple of points. Other experts, including Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, have warned of record surge case, uh, in cases and hospitalizations in the U.S. in the coming months. St. John, uh, my most trusted news outlet, Facebook, um, they usually have gone with uh, the coronavirus is going to go away tomorrow. I think there's a lot of validity to that. That's right. November 4th. Yeah, after the election. Yeah. <laughs> Really, I really got to get off social media. I only uh, anyway. did that to get you going. <laughs> well, Biden oh, has gonna... no Biden has no more of a plan than Trump, unless you count what a national mandatory website. mask mandate. Yeah. Well, well, that would have helped apparently from yeah. what all the experts. But are don't now we ha- basically have that already? Well, state God, by state, no. I'm sure we do. Yeah, my kid was in North Carolina. Nobody was wearing a mask, he said. Reavers, show Suge that tweet you just retweeted of the guy in the voting booth. Yeah. Oh, with the pants down? Yeah. I saw that. And the caption just says, um, sir. Yeah. He looks like he's in a you see no, dressing room. His, pants, his yeah. pants are around his ankles behind the curtain. Kenny, he looks like he's in a dressing room at Goodwill. Wow. Uh, an attack yesterday in Vienna, oh. I don't know if you saw this, included, uh, it left at least five dead, including the assailant, unfolded as the city's residents relished a few final hours of revelry before a new coronavirus lockdown. It came amid a rise in extremist violence in Europe, with four people killed in France and knife attacks in the past month. The slain suspect, in this case, 20-year-old Kujtim Fejzulai, was known to authorities, had been sentenced to 22 months in detention for trying to join ISIS, but had been released from prison early. This highlights a gap in the system, according to Interior Minister Carl Niehammer. He said he had fooled the de-radicalization program. He was armed with an assault rifle, machete, and fake suicide belt. Fezulai spread mayhem for nine minutes, according to officials, before he was killed. In the initial chaos, police had reported there were multiple attackers, but security officials backpedaled on that Tuesday, saying that one video, uh, that the videos, excuse me, among tens of thousands sent in from the public that have been examined so far indicate there was only a single shooter in the case. Austrian Chancellor Sebastian Kurz says it was an attack motivated by hate, hate for our core values, hate for our way of life, hate for a democracy in which all people are equal in rights and dignity. Uh, They have arrested several other people. A total of 18 house searches have been carried out, 14 arrests made, according to authorities. A uh, weird story from Russia, which uh, I couldn't find any more info on. There's, There's not a lot of info, but a Russian oligarch apparently was murdered with a crossbow. Is this the Sausage King? Yes. It is. Yeah, Yeah, the Sausage King. Spencer, be careful. (laughs) 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 He's the Bratwurst King. Right. He's the Bratwurst King. 
<laughs> murdered with a crossbow while sitting in an outdoor sauna. Vladimir Morogov owns some of Russia's largest meat processing plants and, as Joe said, is nicknamed the Sausage King. Isn't that what Ferris Bueller Dang called it, himself? You were going to beat me, you beat me When he me checked into the restaurant? Something Foley, right? Yeah, Wasn't it on Sausage King of Chicago. i got to look that up now. <laughs> the BBC reports Morogov and his partner were in the outdoor sauna when they were attacked by masked assailants. It happened Monday at his countryside estate, about 25 miles outside of Moscow. Abe Russian Froman. A- Abe Froman, Abe sausage Froman. king of Froman. Chicago. That's right. <laughs> Russian authorities said that the intruders tied him and the woman up and demanded cash before killing him. The woman managed to escape and alert police. Uh, police found the crossbow at the scene. A getaway car was found in a nearby village. No arrests yet have been made in the case. Uh, I'll just throw this out there. It's too bad Rook's not here for this. He'd like this. It's not only Election Day. It's also National Sandwich Day. Oh, boy. Oh, I already go. had one today, too. Me, too. Did you? Me, too. Yeah. Egg I, salad? I Would you have a little egg salad? No, no. Chicken salad. Chicken salad. Mmm, <laughs> yum. A Dutch train burst past the end of its elevated tracks Monday in the Netherlands, but instead of crashing to the ground 30 feet below, the metro train was caught and held aloft by an artist's massive sculpture of a whale's tail. You guys seen this picture? I did. That's amazing. Pretty, it's uh, highly amazing. A whale's tail. A whale's tail. Despite Reavers, you know what I'm thinking. I know. I, tail. I, I, was, I was amazed yeah. you showed mm. restraint on that Is there one. A tramp stamp right above it. <laughs> mm, yummy, daddy like. Oh God! Kind of sorry I brought really? this story in at this point. Really? Wow. <laughs> oh wait. Despite, sorry. Yeah, Kenny. You know your your mic's on. Despite, I apologize. <laughs> Despite some damage, no injuries or deaths were reported. The sculpture at the end of the tracks uh, was given the name a long time ago called Saved by the Whale's Tail. Pretty ironic. Huh. Uh, it was built in 2002, installed at the De Ecorce station in Spilkensi, a city just outside of Rotterdam. It is unclear why the train didn't stop. The partial derailment is under investigation. The train driver was the only person on board, according to the Associated Press. The driver questioned by police and sent home. The train spent the night on the whale's tail. On Tuesday morning, the workers uh, started to attempt to lift the train by using slings. Rud Neutrop, a spokesman for safety at the Rotterdam Ringmond area, said it's like the scene from a Hollywood movie. Thank God the tail was there. Cries of joy greeted a small girl as she was pulled out of the rubble alive in Turkey's Izmir on Tuesday morning, 91 hours after an earthquake flattened parts of the coastal city. Wow. Uh-huh. Video from the scene show an ashen-faced and wide-eyed three-year-old Ida Gezgin as she was freed from the wreckage of the building. The child, whose hair was caked with dust, was immediately wrapped in gold foil blankets and carried to an ambulance through a sea of rescue workers. Crowds of rescuers in hard hats, uh, hard hats clapped and cried, Allah Akbar, or God is great, in celebration. Turkey's disaster, an emergency agency originally identified the child as four years old, but the health minister corrected that, saying she was only three. Her rescue occurred shortly after 10 a.m. local time. It was broadcast live on Turkish TV. Rescue worker Samil Kaya told NBC News by telephone that Ida was found behind a dishwasher in the remnants of a kitchen. In footage shot inside the ambulance and put out by the Turkish Health Ministry, Ida asked for a traditional Turkish meal. Uh, that meal, kofti and iron. And what is that? I have no idea. Sounds gross. Meatballs. Yep. 
and a drink made from yogurt and water. Oh. So you can yell Allah Akbar when good stuff happens, too. Well, yes. It's, oh, I, yeah. I, I, believe, yeah. I believe that's the correct way to use it, the way they yes, used it, yeah. not, yes, not yeah. when you're performing terrorist Joe, quick, uh, I, I know that you're not a math expert, but I'm having a hard time figuring this out. 91 hours. How many days is that? Well, 48 hours is two days, and so... 96 would be four. <laughs> just shy of four. Four, four, Kenny, you're four just, you're, you're, Kenny's laughing would be all four the days. Yeah. It's According to the Washington Post today, uh, Democrats preferred... <laughs> He's not going to... Nope. I'm not going boom. down your math road. He's nope. not doing it. According to the Washington Post today, Democrats' preferred method of voting was by mail. Does that bear uh, analysis, or might that be as simple as more Democrats and Republicans just wish to avoid a, a possible COVID exposure? Mm. I don't know. Uh, open for interpretation, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, uh, Tom Hauser one minute ago issued the following. Governor Walls issued his statement uh, about COVID. Quote, the virus takes no days off. While many are focused today on the election, COVID-19 is continuing its merciless spread across our state. I've said from the beginning the virus spread will dictate our course, and we are well into a dark chapter in the story of this pandemic. It is more important than ever that Minnesotans heed the advice of Dr. Bricks, Burks, 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 and every other person who knows something about infection control. Wear a mask, avoid crowds, and keep distance from others. When do I get to vote him out of office? When, when is Isn't that, that next year? That's next, next year. year. It'll be yeah. two years. Two probably. years. Or two years, okay. Two years. Come soon enough. So I'll follow that with saying uh, good luck to all you restaurants this winter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, Billy's on Grand, a popular spot, closed for the winter. Yep. They can't make yep. it. Wow. I'm swinging wow. by our boys at 30 Bales today because it's going to be gorgeous. So, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you got to stay awake for the election news. Remember? Oh, don't worry. I'll mix you know, up a nice Red Bull or a Monster Energy Reavers. with some Harmony Spirits. It's going to be great. You could you could pick me up, and yeah. then I could have the roommate pick me up when I'm crawling around on my knees at about six fifteen. Okay, but you don't like hanging out with me outside of work. Uh, that's yeah, but it's true. Can I come it's over? It's Chris's Kenny? birthday, though. Yeah, Chris's uh, birthday, so you could hang out with it's him your on birthday, his birthday today. It is. Well, you didn't tell me that. Well, you don't care. What's coming up on the rack? Right. What's going to say? You don't care. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. He's got the same birthday as my child. Yep. Dylan and I share Happy the birthday, same birthday. Happy birthday, Dylan. Dylan. So your birthday is November 3rd. November 3rd. Election day. <laughs> I'll be damned. Yeah. Well, it isn't November 3rd every every election. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I just met today. Isn't it always the first Tuesday in November? First Tuesday. First Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Kenny You're the one that interest. started it, Kenny. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> Two American Airlines passengers were booted from a flight after one allegedly tried sneaking into first class where she tried to hide under the other's <laughs> seat for the duration of the trip. The story, which was originally shared on Flyer Talk by a fellow passenger, <laughs> concerns an American Airlines flight scheduled to depart from Dallas to Miami October 30th the flight was already delayed due to an incident with a catering truck when a woman from coach came into first class section to speak with a friend. The witness alleges the woman from coach then tried to crouch down and hide in the footwell of her friend's seat. Uh, you ne'er-do-wells from steerage crack me up. Yeah. Just get back there. Get in your place. Little Joe, even that long of a flight. Her vote counts just as much as that's yours. That's right. 
Uh, the reason they were doing all Hence this... Is the Electoral College. <laughs> right. You know, the founding had... fathers were sitting around that unair-conditioned room in Philadelphia, and they were swatting flies, and they are sweating, and all that makeup on their white wigs was drooling down their faces. And, and they said, you know, one day we're going to be flying, and women are going to try to sneak into first class. We got. That's why we need the Electoral College. That's why college. we need the Electoral yeah. College. Yeah. Or... or or they saw old Oli romancing a goat on their way into right. the office that oh morning, god. and they thought, "Oh my god, this guy, this guy's vote's gonna count." Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought uh, I, I'll use this. Uh, Kenny's a very disturbed for, human being. Yeah, he, he really, really is. is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to use this uh, for a cheap joke about the president, Joe. Remember, we had airports during the Revolutionary War. The That's right. Reminded us. So. We did. <laughs> so why? Why? Very John crude. Uh, very Sorry, crude. Chris. Wooden aircraft. Jay yeah. Height at GarageLogic.com. <laughs> That's Leave. like saying we had wood submarines. <laughs> well, actually, we they were made all out of live iron. in a wooden submarine. <laughs> you know this election. Uh, any, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say the women were doing this because they wanted to put it on their YouTube channel. Oh, we're still on the airplane story. Yeah, I oh, just wanted to get that out I there see. before uh, before the story was over. So, well, John, you realize, of course, uh, this election uh, will make or break. The world's climate. Do you realize that? Oh wow! Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. <laughs> Flashlight check. Tool oh. check. Attitude check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Is this a new one? I don't remember this one. This no, one was featured on the Johnny Hyde podcast. This was the uh, the outro theme to the uh, guitar show. Is it going to kick in? No, that's it. Gonna, it's just going to fade out. That's, that's is that you right. and Dylan? That was no, that was all me, both rhythm. All and you. Me. Oh, oh. Huh. let's go here while I'm young. You're not bad, John. You're not bad at all. Well, Gee, a word thanks. here. A word here about DK Mags and ladies and gentlemen of uh, GL. I don't mean to alarm you with. <clears throat> heavy-handed muckraking, but I need to warn you about something very serious looming on the horizon. The firearms deer opener is this Saturday. You have four days to get into DKMags.com on Old Aid up in New Brighton and restock. They have a darn good selection of new and used firearms, all sorts of uh, all sorts of guns at very competitive prices, and a wonderful, helpful staff. And a mighty fine website at dkmags.com. Firearms, magazines, suppressors, and all the accessories. Special orders, no problem. And in fact, my very first purchase from DK was a special order. So I know they'll be glad to help you with the exact firearm or accessory you might need. And yes, I've actually used their gunsmith too and was very, very pleased. Hunting, sports shooting, home and personal protection... It doesn't matter. They cover it all. The DK Mags crew, uh, crew, they're GLers, and they'd love to help you get set up. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Veterans, active service members, law enforcement officers, and first responders, all of y'all, all y'all, y'all get a discount just for being you and just for being a GLer. Make sure you tell them you're a GLer when you stop into dkmags.com. Come. The always reliable Seth Borenstein, who covers the climate for the Associated Press. Uh, there's a piece by him in today's Star Tribune, and he writes, What happens on Election Day will determine how much more hot and nasty the world's climate will likely get. 
So if Trump wins, we're going to get hotter. Sure. And if Biden wins, we'll be fine. Uh, we don't know. Starting that. tomorrow. Right. The day yeah. after the election, the U.S. formally leaves the 2015 Paris Accord to fight climate change. A year ago, Trump notified the U.N. that America is exiting the climate accord. And because of technicalities in the international pact, November 4 is the earliest a country can withdraw. The U.S., the world's second biggest carbon polluter, China would be the first, will be the first country to quit the 189-nation agreement, which has countries make voluntary, ever-tighter goals to curb emissions of heat-trapping gases. Now, former Vice President Joe Biden has pledged to put the country immediately back in the Paris Agreement, which doesn't require congressional approval. Experts say that three months from now to the inauguration will not change the world. So we're okay for three months. Right. Until <laughs> you get back in the pack, we're okay. Okay. But the four years w- w- could make a big difference. Well, I don't doubt sure, that for a second. Sure. If the U.S. pulls back from a stronger carbon-cutting effort, some nations are less likely to cut back, too, so the withdrawals effect will be magnified, said scientists and climate negotiators. Because the world is so <laughs> close to the feared climate tipping points and on a trajectory to pass a temperature limit goal, Climate scientists said the U.S. pullout will have noticeable effects, but not for the next three months. No, uh uh-uh. It'll just be over the four years you could have it. Losing most of the world's coral reefs is something that would be hard to avoid if the U.S. remains out of the Paris Accord, said climate scientist Zeke Hosfather of the Breakthrough Institute in Oakland, California. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just discovered a new reef in Australia. A big one. Massive. A Mm -hmm. massive coral reef Mm -hmm. in Australia. Mm If the U.S. remains out of the climate pact, today's children are going to see big changes that you and I don't see for ice, coral, and weather disasters, said Stanford's Rob Jackson. This is just an amazing development to me. This is such utter nonsense. It's just utter bleeping nonsense. Because the two presidential candidates have starkly different positions. What are you giving me here? That was your backup. Oh, Uh, the election could have profound repercussions for the world's approach to the problem, according to more than a dozen experts. I don't want to read the rest of this, but it says the election could be the make or break point for the international climate policy, said Nicholas Hone, a climate scientist at Wagenhagen in the Netherlands. Pulling out of the agreement, Trump has questioned climate science and has rolled back environmental initiatives. See, climate... Trump should not have questioned the science. He should have questioned the polit- questioned the political motivation right. behind this movement. Because yeah. you can always find science to tell you the climate's changing. Because it always has and always will. I have a question. So uh, much like when you become a loan officer, um, you have to be certified. You get a certificate. So if you're a climate negotiator, do you go through somewhat of the same process? They give you a nice little di- diploma and uh, put that on the wall? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same There's deal. a waiting room. Gotcha. You know, and then you get summoned in Mm -hmm. for negotiations. Uh, In 2009, we had 50 days to save the planet from catastrophe. In 2009, Al Gore moves 2013 prediction of ice-free Arctic to 2014. Sure. Uh, In 2014, we only had 500 days before climate chaos. Anyway, well, in 1970, it was said world will use up all of its natural resources. Oil will be gone in 10 years, 1966. Oil depleted in 20 years, 1972. 
Uh, Department of Energy says oil will peak in the 90s, 1977. Peak oil in 2000, 1980. Peak oil in 2020, 1996. Peak oil in 2010, 2002. 2007, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. The point being that only only the left can save the earth. Mm-hmm. Because the, the people on the right obviously don't care about Mother Earth. No, no. Don't care about Mother Earth mm-hmm. and, and reject the fact that the climate's changing. No one I know rejects the fact that the climate is changing. Uh, the climate is always changing, always will. And the vain, glorious nature of your belief that you can manipulate the temperature down to 1.2 degrees only by... Uh, uh, your, your uh, voodoo belief in uh, trapping carbon emissions is is beyond my comprehension that people buy this nonsense. Well, you know who nailed it the other day? Dave Dahl. Mm-hmm. That the climate and the environment are two completely, completely plus, separate things. Plus, carbon's not a bad thing. Right. It, it, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, so if Biden wins, the whole world is going to start reorienting reorienting towards stepping up its action, said climate scientist Jonathan Overpeck, dean of the University of Michigan's Environment Program. So a Biden victory is crucial to saving the earth. It's just crucial. If Trump wins, it'll be so hot in January. <laughs> How hot will it be? Well, it'll be 75, 80 degrees in January. You know what? be bad snowmobiling. Right. <laughs> uh, but if Biden wins, it'll be 20 below. Sure. And it'll be frosty. It'll be frosty. What a bunch of BS. <laughs> Honest to God, help me. Honest to God. I have here what possibly is the best rural hayseed story <laughs> I've ever read in my life. All right. And this we tried story, to get the guy. It fills me with pride. We found joy. him on Facebook. I messaged him. Uh, we have not heard from him. A Wisconsin state trooper pulled over two vehicles in one stop. A car with a Minnesota license plate with a snowmobile on its roof. <laughs> the sedan was pulled over about 1.20 p.m. Sunday on Highway 63 near Clayton, Wisconsin, after the trooper saw the Polaris sled sitting perpendicular on the roof of the car. Folks, don't try this at home. Read a tweet posted Monday by the Northwest Region of the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. This isn't a safe way to transport a snowmobile. If you're transporting equipment this winter, you are advised to safely haul it, secure it on a trailer or in a truck. Matthew Schmidt, 23, was issued a warning about the ill-advised hauling technique because he was over width, said uh, department spokesman Christina O'Brien. The trooper did cite Schmidt, who lives in Clayton, for failure to buckle up, O'Brien said. Schmidt said he had just bought the snowmobile and was driving it to, over to a friend's house to show him. Sure. I know it looks sketchy, but we had it strapped down and shook it, he said. Up like in this kind of region, stuff like this gets seen all the time. Yep. But more like in the back roads. Yeah. After the trooper yeah. gave Schmidt a $10 ticket, she told him to just turn around and drive it home. He admitted stopping for a bite to eat at a nearby restaurant. <laughs> Before, and this is our friend Paul Walsh. I'm going to criticize him here in a moment. Uh, he said he had to stop for a bite to eat at a nearby restaurant before making the three-mile trip back to his place because he probably didn't have any food. Uh, 
As for the Minnesota plates on his car, Schmidt explained that he bought the vehicle as my beater car last spring in the Twin Cities and hadn't gotten around to transferring the title. Okay, what what do we not know? Here we go. Reporting is it what it used to be. I know. That's why we called this guy. Uh, Where did he stop to eat? No, rookie, that wouldn't be the question. How did he get the damn sled on the roof of the car? Oh, that's not tough. How, Kenny? Oh, either you drive it off the back of a truck or, you know, an embankment or you use ramps. What was, what blew me away is I have seen this a number of times, but it's never, like you said, perpendicular. No, it usually you runs the length of the, the car. Yeah, the skis are pointed <laughs> to the front of so the car. So I saw the photo of this. How did the, the, the roof of the car not cave in. That's his beater car. He doesn't no, care. I don't. I don't think that matters, Chris. Yeah, okay, that matters. But there's also a key phrase in there that all GLers and all people from the Midwest do. Once you've strapped your crap down, what do you do? You, you shake grab. It. Yeah, yeah, you, you shake, shake it, it, and then you say, "I ain't going anywhere." That ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and yeah. I hauled something back yesterday, and it's still sitting in my truck. When I pulled into my driveway, I got out and I shook it again and said. Yep, that still ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Very proud is, of myself. This is just one of the greatest examples of rural hee-haw I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's, just, it's so wonderful, yeah. Joe. It just it filled me with pride. Oh, I so I'm wanted so to p- talk to this Schmidt fellow, Matthew Schmidt. Matthew R. <laughs> well, Schmidt. maybe we'll get him on post-election day, huh? Just uh, the most wonderful. That's where I. That's the kind of people I live with now. The kind of guys that will stop. But, but think of the wind. Think of the wind uh, problem he caused by this thing being horizontal on the roof. Yeah, well, a lot of I drag. Don't think he was, he's not blasting down the freeway doing eighty. He's no, he's on the back roads. From, he said, "Where you see this all the time." Yeah, you actually do see it all the time. You, <laughs> Got you taken to my friend's can, house. Yeah. You know what this guy needs, Such, and there's only one answer: uh, a Triton trailer from Moon Motorsports in Monticello will solve boy. this issue. What's a Triton trailer? The best. It's best. a snowmobile trailer. That's a brand of snowmobile trailer, and they sell them up at Moon Motorsports. You, you, if you go in there, prepare to have your breath taken away the second you stroll into Moon Motorsports up in Monticello. You're going to see everything. Oh my goodness, you'll see Triumphs to the left of you, BMWs to the right, Ducatis, KTM, Yamaha, Polaris, Skidoo, Can-Am, Honda, nine brands. Well, wait a minute, unless you count Triton trailers, then it's 10 brands. It's the largest inventory selection in this area. They are Minnesota's power sports outfitters, and they're going to match you with the right machine and product, no matter what you're looking for. And they've got a full service parts and apparel departments all right there on site. And you can shop uh, the inventory anytime at moonmotorsports.com. They've been making dreams a reality up in Monticello for generations, actually in operation for 50 years, 71. One, uh, come come uh, January first, seventy one to twenty twenty one, fifty years, always family owned and operated. Make Moon Motorsports a scheduled stop. You've seen them. I, I know you've seen them. You've driven by in the freeway. They're right next to ninety four in Monticello. Have that team show you the fleet of ready to ride motorized uh, toys, accessories, gear, performance, integrity, quality, detail. You're going to get it all and more. And you know what? In these days of COVID and quarantine. 
There's no better way to get out of lockdown and explore the world than on a motorcycle or ATV, even a snowmobile from Moon Motorsports up in Monticello. They'll help make your wildest dreams come true, and you can pick up a Triton trailer at moonmotorsports.com. We're going to take a brief timeout. Maybe a carry University house, of Garage like Logic, 98. <laughs> College of Self-Esteem, zip, not Always like those. Here's Joe Suchere. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, even on Election Day. Tom Lyman reports in with, on this date in Minnesota history, November 3rd. Uh, in 1989, sports-related, Reavers, you failed every one I've given okay, you. What, 19, what occurred on this day? 1989, November 3rd of 1989. I am going to guess that it is the launch of the Minnesota Timberwolves. You are correct. Yep. The Minnesota Timberwolves played its first game Wait, losing. Nope. They they lost to the Seattle Supersonics. You are correct. I remember that. Jeez, you're a sick human being. I know. Do you know the score? <laughs> Wait, it was a, it was a uh, hundred and four to ninety to ninety two. Boy, you're close. One hundred six ninety four. Okay. Wow. I know. I'm I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. On this day in nineteen ninety two, lawyer Alan Page is elected associate judge of the state supreme court, the first African American to serve. I believe Tony Campbell led them in scoring that game. Too. I worked <laughs> for the. I worked for them the first year they were in business. Did you Top really? Secret. Well, I suppose yeah. you're a fan, janitor. Uh, Doug Westerman was doing their broadcast stuff, and uh, I was working with him. But they couldn't, they made up a name for me, and they'd thank me with my fake name on the air because I couldn't tell HBI. On this day in 1998, Jesse Ventura won the gubernatorial election. Wow, that long ago, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. I remember watching the results of that in our dorm room in Mankato, because we all voted for him. Yeah. Just, you know, because it was funny. Yeah. And I remember we're going, he's going to win. <laughs> in 1908, Bronislav Bronco Nagurski was born in Ontario. In 1929, he would be named All-American as both defensive tackle and offensive fullback for the Gophers, the only player to be named All-American for two positions in the same year. He would later play for the Chicago Bears and perform as a professional wrestler. After his retirement from sports, he operated a service station in his hometown of International Falls. Wow. Bronco nice. Nagurski. And in 1895, a fire begins in a flour mill and destroys the town of Walcott in Rice County. Walcott had prospered for nearly 50 years, but the community decided not to rebuild. They just said, oh, the hell with it. We had a nice 50-year run. Let's not bother to rebuild this. Let's just move along. Right. Right. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. Uh, Tyrone Corbin led the Wolves in scoring the night with 20. Tony Campbell only had 10. Uh, Grunhoffers uh, will rebuild. In fact, they're adding on 25, not rebuild, they're adding on 2,500 square feet to Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Can you imagine the crowd they're going to have this week with this run of weather oh we're going to have? Oh, my God. Is there a meatloaf warning or are you still in a watch? No, we're still in a watch because, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I picked up seven um, uh, last Friday. Uh, I'm down to five because I consumed one and then gave another to my uh, to my parents. 
Okay, it's it's Grunhofer's. You know the drill, GLers. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's just the best meat emporium any of us could ever have hoped to uh, discover with that oven-ready meatloaf, the brats, the burgers, the rookie burgers, the Philly patties, the chicken, the thick-cut bacon, the ham, salmon, jerky, you name it. It's just wonderful. Uh, we will, as a public service, of course, provide you with meatloaf warnings when they are due. Right now, uh, the weather has calmed down. Uh, no meatloaf storm clouds in sight because uh, Reavers <laughs> has taken care of his his needs. So right now, we do, we do remain under a constant meatloaf watch because right. not only Reavers <laughs> relishes the meatloaf, but pretty much everybody who ever goes to Grunhofer's. I did notice, too, that when we first started stopping there, the meatloaf... Uh, the, the the tray that they would have on the top sure. there yep. was only about half full. Right now, it's the whole section is now all meatloaf. Yeah, because they can't they can't make it fast enough for the GLers mm-hmm. who have grown to appreciate it so much. That and all the other delicious products at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on Highway 61. Where else? On Highway 61, just on the north end of downtown Hugo. Not gonna do it for today, Joe. Uh, yes, I'm going to return to the polling place for my third visit. And you uh, maintain that you think civility will prevail tonight? Yes, I do. Okay, I, I do have a quest, serious question for the mayor before we leave. Uh, Joe, where do you plan on living uh, starting tomorrow night for the rest of your life? <laughs> I don't know, but it's in play. Uh, it's in play. <laughs> we have a moving watch, not a warning. It's in play. I, I'm open for suggestions. Well, we're rooting for you, Mayor. I'll have to steal a frying pan. And some... <laughs> I, I, I'm seeing a lonely, lonely studio apartment with black walls, oh, painted no, beige. No. And I'm in there, and I could, I could be, I could have been somebody. <laughs> I could have been somebody. Stay safe, GLers. Yeah.